5 Minutes with Phil, a daily devotion for people on the go. Brought to you by Tabor Church. Welcome back to the podcast. This is 5 Minutes with Phil. Alright, we are going to continue with uh, James chapter 2, and we are looking at verses 5 to 7. Let me open up the text here for a moment, and then we'll be able to get into it. Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you dishonor the poor. Isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Aren't they the ones that slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? This is an important part and one that we brought up in the first chapter because James brings up this disparity between the rich and the poor. So we're going to spend a little bit of time here today talking about that again because what we're trying to be able to establish is, once again, it's not that because you're poor, you're righteous, or because you're rich, you're not. Again, that would be a bad correlation and something that would ultimately lead us to a whole bunch of heresy. And so we're not going to go that direction because it's really not true. Your poorness does not make you um, a better um, you know, like a better <laughs> righteous person. Christ is the one who makes us righteous. And so if we're looking at our dependence upon Jesus, that's what is important. Now, why is he bringing in rich and poor? Because he sees the disparity. He sees that some people are looking at others and saying, well, the wealthy are going to be able to help us more. The wealthy are going to be able to help you know, make us build and build bigger and better. And so they cater to them. And he's that's where he's trying to point out for the church, for the fellow believers, is he's saying, don't do that. So as James is talking about this difference and kind of showing the, the rich and poor and people being able to discriminate, it reminds me of the parable that Jesus told of the rich man and Lazarus back in Luke 16, 19 to 31. And I'll just kind of just give you a summary of it. But there's the rich man who's in charge. He's got a beggar at the gate named Lazarus. Both of them die. And when the rich man goes before, you know, Abraham, and then he's he's rich, right? He's now inherited the kingdom of God. He's inherited eternal life. And it shows the rich man who's now in the place of, you know, the, the place of the dead, the, you know, Hades as some, you know, hell. And it's there that he's in agony. And he's trying to beg and say, what do I need to do? You know, like somebody cool my, my tongue because I'm in agony. I mean, it's, it's terrible. So what we ultimately learn from that parable is that the poor, even though they're poor in this life, know that they need God more. Why? Because they don't have anything. The wealthy in this life, they have more of the opportunity of saying, you know, I built this. This is all from me. I've done all these things. And so, therefore, like, I don't need anyone. And so that's where Jesus has always been in this conversation when he's talked about the rich and the poor. 
it's the reason why he said that the wealthy will, will, it'll be harder for them to inherit the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because they've got a whole bunch more stuff right now that's going to tempt them not to ultimately trust God, but to trust themselves. So where does our wealth lie? Does it lie in the things that we have right now? Because then we'll say, yep, some have a lot, some have a little. Is our wealth ultimately storing up treasures in heaven and saying it's there that the kingdom of God will be? It's there that I don't have to worry about my wealth now because I know that I'm already rich because of Christ. This is where we don't have to be able to say, well, it automatically means that the wealthy are going to hell and that the poor are going to heaven. This is a bad concept. And this would be then a work system because it would say that you know, you're, you're working your way in or not working your way in. And therefore, when we're looking at it, this is, we know that that's a false set of beliefs. It's all based on God's merit Jesus, what he's done. And because of that, we can rejoice and say, man, I'm glad it's not up to me. I know that God ultimately is the one who's in control of all of that. Thanks be to God. And so we give our lives to Jesus. We hand over and say, you know what, whether I'm rich or whether I'm poor, everything I have belongs to you. And There is the scope that Jesus wants us to have with our money, that our money, our possessions are something that can be used to the glory of God and not just to our glory, not to build statues in our own image. And that's where Jesus is like, hey, you know, this is a good thing for us to to be able to consider. And this is where James also is telling us, this is what is good is that the poor will have the, the riches of the kingdom of God one day. And the wealthy need to know that it doesn't mean that they're going to hell. It just means that they need to be able to distinguish where they can be using those gifts, where they can be putting those things into to glorify God in all things. So hopefully that helps. I mean, it's it's a tricky situation. It's always best when it's talking in uh, in relationship and being able to wrestle with these thoughts. So if you have any more thoughts about it, questions about it, feel free to drop it on the Facebook page and we'll uh, I'll address it at a later point in time. All right, everybody, have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.